Hi there, it's great to connect with you again today. Hope you're all doing well. I'm going to read a few verses from John's Gospel, chapter 14, and share some thoughts on it. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am, and you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. We're continuing our series for the month of May on embrace the promise. And the promises of God are so many, we can only cover some, but we've looked in the first week at embracing the promise of provision. Last week, David preached a great message on embrace the promise of peace. That was his first message that we've heard since he obtained full ministerial status with the Assemblies of God, his credentials, as we call it. He became a full minister with AOG, Pastor David. Now, AOG doesn't make you what you're not, but the status, uh, the accreditation is a recognition by other leaders and pastors of someone who's got the call of God and the gifting of God and has prepared himself to now begin to function as a pastor and a minister with the Assemblies of God. And we are thrilled for him. We want to publicly congratulate him, say, well done. Believe it's only the, a process, a step in the process of a great future that God has for him. And I think it'd be appropriate if we just prayed for David Heather right now. Father, we thank you for David. We thank you for his calling, his giving himself to your call in his life. We thank you for the application. We thank you for the gifting. And we just pray, Lord, that in the days ahead, for him and for Heather, that they will know your blessing and your favor and your guidance. And Lord God, we pray that they will know and see you move in an ever-increasing measure. Every provision be made available to them and let them move in the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit and see you do great things. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, we're looking at embracing the promise of preparation or preparedness. What do we mean by that? Well, prepared means ready to deal with a situation when it arises. And the reality is we're living in times where the world was not ready for COVID-19. No individual, no government, no nation was fully prepared for COVID-19. It took us by surprise. It was something new. It was something different. But I want to encourage you this morning that nothing takes God by surprise. He's never on the back foot, he's never reactive, he's never out on a limb. God is always ready for what happens. God is always prepared. He's always prepared for whatever is happening. He knows the end from the beginning. He sees the end from the beginning. God is never taken by surprise. God is a God of preparation. God is always prepared. 
He is a God who's prepared for the world and its eventualities, but also in our life, God is prepared for us and for things ahead for us. And in this context here of John chapter 14, Jesus is coming to near the end of his, his life here on our earthly life here, and he's preparing his disciples for what happens next, both for this life and for eternity. The portion we read contains one of the great seven I am statements in John's gospel, which is just a revelation of, of Jesus, who he was, his character and his, his ministry and his mission. Here it says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That eternal truth is still the same. We sing a song that says, you are the way, you're the only way. Jesus is the only way to the Father. But in the context in which we're looking at here, we see that God is a God of future preparation. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and you can get the distinct impression that there's a bit of apprehension, there's a bit of nervousness about what's going to take place. If you read the scripture here in previous chapter, Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples and he's saying to them, I'm not getting long here on earth with you. My time's coming where I'm leaving you and I'm going back to my father. And there's a bit of discussion around that and Peter's asking, where are you going? What's happening? And Jesus is saying, well, where I'm going, you can't come with me yet. And David goes on to it, well, why not? I'm ready to die for you. I'm ready to die for you. Why can't I come with you? And Jesus looks at him and says, die for me, Peter. He says, before the cock crows in the morning, you'll have denied me three times. So you can understand the apprehension, the tension in the atmosphere of this house where they're meeting and this home where Jesus' best disciples, where the ones he trained for about three and a half years, they're sitting and they're a bit apprehensive about what's happening. You know, I don't know if you've ever been on a, a training course through work. I remember some time ago I was on one. It was a three-week course and it was down south, but come home at the weekends. But the first couple of weeks, to be honest, it, it was a bit of fun. There was a bit of banter. You got to know people. You socialized with them. You studied with them. There's the role playing. There's the, the training. And it was training for what was happening next. And it was, it was good and it was quite intense, but it was also a lightheartedness and a, and a fun bit to it. But I remember when it came to about the end of week three in the last couple of days, just before we were going live, so to speak, on our own, you could sense a change in the atmosphere. You could sense there was a tension coming in. It's okay when you're sitting and you've been trained in a group, but it was come to a point where, well, you're on your own in the next couple of days and all the questions come up and all the what happens next came to the, the surface. And you know, it's a bit like that here. I always remember before David was born, I was a dutiful father-to-be and I went to the antenatal classes with Kathy. There was about eight couples over the six weeks and the five weeks were great. I learned all the relaxation exercises. I learned all the breathing exercises. I learned where to rub and when to rub and when to part and when to do everything. And it was all good fun for about five weeks. But then the sixth week was a tour of the labor suite. 
and it was a lot easier for the men, obviously, but you could still sense a change in the atmosphere and the dynamics within the group. Something's changing. This is going to be different. It was unknown. It was where are we going? What's going to happen? And it was the same here, similar, that they're going to have babies. But in this tension here, it was like, this has been great. We're in this group and there's a protection. But what's happening next? Jesus is going, no, Peter had come up with a, I'm ready to die for you. And that's great. And sometimes it's easy to say that in a, in a great church service uh, context or in a small group and the presence of Jesus is so real. But then Jesus is leaving. Jesus is going. And there's a tension here. But Jesus, in that tension, in that uncertainty, in that the new normal or the what happens, the unknown future, Jesus speaks comfort and peace and hope and a future for them. Because whatever was happening, it may have taken them by surprise, but it was not taking our God by surprise. Jesus was not being taken by surprise. And he says, it's okay, guys, I've got this. Don't worry, trust God, don't worry. It's all in hand. God knows what's happening. God's hands on you. God's protection's over you. God is for you. You don't need to worry. I'm just preparing you for what happens next, but you don't need to get caught up and, and too tense about it because it's all in hand. I've already prepared what's going ahead for you. And I thank God that even in us, us in these uncertain times, we don't need to fret, we don't need to worry, we don't need to be troubled. We can trust that God's already prepared what's ahead. God's already prepared what's happening for us. The future might be different. The future might be not as we've known it, but God's not taken by surprise. God already knows what's ahead of him. The wonderful song that our guys wrote about fly says, you are able, you have gone before. You have gone before. God's already ahead of us. God's ahead of the game. I'm going to prepare a place for you, he says. There's a promise of preparation. I'm preparing the final chapter of your life, and it's going to be the best chapter. But you know what? Between now and then, I'm preparing other things for you. I'm preparing commissions for you. I know the plans I've got for you. I've got plans and purposes, and I've already prepared things in advance for you. And our God has prepared things for us. We may have questions. We may have doubts about what's going on and concerns, but I want to tell you that God has already prepared ahead and we can embrace the promise of his preparedness for our lives. We can be confident that he's the certainty, he's the rock, he's the surety, and he already has got the plans for our life prepared in advance. See, he's a God of future preparation. And he could have said to his disciples, listen, you've got credibility here. I've got credibility. They could have said, why can we trust that it's all in hand? Why can we trust that you've got it all prepared? And they could have said, because my timing is perfect. My preparation is perfect. Listen to what some scriptures say. In Romans 5, it says, at just the right time, when you were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. 2 Corinthians 6 and 2 says, God says at just the right time, I heard you and I brought salvation. Isaiah 6 says, at the right time, the Lord will make it happen. Jesus could have said, 
My preparation so far has been excellent. It's been perfect. And at the right time, what's prepared for you will come to pass because God's got it all in hand. Just look at my life. Just look at this story so far. He could have said, I didn't come here by accident. It was all part of the prepared plan. I wasn't born. I didn't come to planet Earth as an accident. And let me encourage you today, if you're looking in, that you're not on planet Earth by accident. Whatever the circumstances of your birth were, I want to tell you that God knew you when you were in your mother's womb. David says, you made all the delicate inward parts of my body and you put me together in my mother's womb. You made me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is great. Your workmanship is marvelous. And I want to tell you just as a side note to encourage you this morning, no matter what your birth was, Jesus and God Father had a plan for your life. You had pl he had plans prepared for you. And Jesus said to these people, I came and it was all part of the plan of God. I came because there was a problem with mankind. There was a problem with sin. You were separated from God because of your sin. There had to be a sacrifice. There had to be a punishment take place. There was a sin problem. And God said, but I was a prepared answer. Jesus said, I was a prepared answer. Hebrews 25 says, Father God, you prepared a body for me, a body that was going to be sacrificed. And I want to encourage you this morning that sin did not surprise God. God did not have a conversation in heaven and say, what are we going to do about this sin problem now it's occurred? I don't know what's going to happen. Jesus was already prepared as an answer. You know, the Bible says in Revelation 13, referring to Jesus, that he was a lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. One version says this, the lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. How incredible is that? Just think about that for a moment. Before there was a sin problem in the world, God had prepared an answer for the sin problem. How awesome is our God? One of the definitions of prepared in the dictionary says this, has been done or made beforehand so that it is ready when it is needed. Just think of that. Jesus was prepared before the problem was had arisen. Jesus had already provided the answer. It was a lamb slain before there was a problem. How incredible is our God. I want to tell you that Blue Peter did not invent the concept. This is one I prepared earlier. God had already prepared earlier for the problem of you and me as far as sin was concerned. That was the biggest problem we had. The sin issue which separated us from God, it was the biggest problem that you and I had. And yet, God had already prepared an answer in advance. Our God prepares answers in advance. We heard a great testimony from Tracy earlier, how she was in an area of difficulty, but God already had prepared the answer, and at the right time, that answer came in to Tracy's life. And I want to encourage you this morning, before you had a problem, God had prepared an answer. 
And if that was the biggest issue in our life, we can be confident that the same God who prepared for the biggest problem that we had in life, which was separated from him, has already prepared answers for everything else that might come into our life here on planet Earth. How awesome is our God? Jesus could have said to them, just look, guys, God had prepared Bethlehem, and it was told seven years before I was going to be born, God had provided and prepared a place for me to be born at. And just as a side note, there's only 222 days till Christmas. Better start shopping. Just kidding. God had already provided a woman to give birth to him. God had already planned and prepared for a roving governor to call a census so that I would be born in Bethlehem. And even before my ministry, he already prepared someone to prepare the way for me. This is what the Bible says of John the Baptist, a messenger who's going to prepare the way. He is a voice, a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. All I'm saying today is that God is a God of preparation. God has prepared for you. He's prepared things for you. He's prepared answers for you. He's prepared provision for you, peace for you. He's prepared for your life. Jesus could have said to guys, guys, it's going to be okay. Just look at the examples. Look at what God has done so far and how he's prepared us for this moment. He's prepared us for this moment. And guys, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm already going ahead of you and I'm going to prepare a place in heaven for you. And when it's the right time, I'll come and get you. But he also says, I've got things prepared for you in this world. I've prepared things ahead for you and you're going to enter into them. In Romans 9, 23, it talks about those who receive them and how they're prepared in advance for glory. We're prepared in advance for glory. It speaks of those who don't know him and how God is patient with them. And he says, and he's patient because he does this, does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those to whom he shows mercy. That's you and I who were prepared in advance for glory. God called you. God saved you, redeemed you, and prepared you for glory. Now, glory is not a place. Glory is the condition of God. It's what God is clothed in, glory. And ultimately, we're going to share in that glory in heaven with him. But between now and then, God is preparing us for that place, for that time when we meet, where we're going to share in the glory of God. And that's why the Bible says that we've been changed from one degree of glory to another. God is shaping more and more of the image of Christ in us so that when we get into heaven, it's not such a big jump. That is him preparing us. He's preparing us in this life and preparing us for the next life as well. He's preparing us for glory. He's preparing us for the future. And he's prepared in the past so we have confidence in his preparation ability. You know, God's a God of preparation. And I say, no, I think we should be people who are prepared. We should be a people who are prepared. We shouldn't be haphazard. We should be prepared people because God is a God of preparation. I think it was Margaret Mullen who said once that prior planning and proper preparation prevents poor performance, which is not easy to say, I can assure you. 
But the reality is, if God's a God of preparation, we should be a people of preparation. Matthew 24 says we should be prepared for his coming. 1 Peter 3.15 says we should be always prepared to make a defense or speak about the hope that is in us. 1 Peter 1.13 says we should be prepared our minds for action. We should be prepared for God to use us. Paul writing to Timothy says, study, prepare yourself to be approved for action and ministry for God, just like David has done up to now through the AOG training. But God wants us to be prepared for the things that he's prepared for us. God is a God of preparation. He has prepared things for the future for us. We can look at the past and see how God has prepared things, not just for the world, but for our life. I can look back in my life and see things that I didn't understand at the time, but God was preparing me. God was preparing things for where I am now. He's a God of future preparation. He's a God of past preparation, but he's also a God of present preparation. God has prepared things for us now. Embrace the promise of God's preparation. If you read in Luke chapter 2, Jesus has been dedicated at the temple. And Simeon, an old follower of God, a believer, saw Jesus and he says, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He saw Jesus. And he saw that Jesus was the preparation that God had for salvation for all people. And today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, we want to tell you that Jesus is the preparation for your salvation. God prepared Jesus to die for you so that you could accept him and receive salvation. He's a God of preparation. And he's prepared salvation for you. And I know there's maybe people here who've been walking away from God. You used to walk with them, but you didn't walk with, don't walk with them anymore. I want to tell you, God's not written you off. God is still for you. And I love the story of Jonah. When God came to Jonah and says, I want you to go to Nineveh, Jonah. And Jonah says, no way. I'm going to Tarshish. That's like God saying, I want you to go to Jonah Groats. And Jonah says, no, I'm going to land's end. I'm getting as far away from you. But then there was a storm and a ship and he got thrown overboard because he was a problem. And I love what the Bible says. It says that God had prepared a fish to swallow Jonah. I am not writing you off. Yes, the fish is a difficult place, but it's a place for you to get restored back to the purposes of God. And I want to tell you this morning, maybe you used to walk in the purpose of God, but maybe today this is your fish that God is preparing for you to reconnect with him and start walking and fulfilling the purposes of God for your life. God has prepared things for you. The Bible teaches us that he's prepared good works for us. In Ephesians 2, it says that, We are God's handiwork, God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I want to tell you, you and I should be doing on a daily basis the good works that God's already prepared in advance for us 
to do. God has prepared a feast for you and I. I love Psalm 23. David says, Psalm 23, that's why you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil, my cup overflows with blessings. God has prepared a feast of blessings for you and I. We just need to come to the table and partake the blessings, the promises that are there for us. Now, Lamentations 3.23 says, His mercy is on you every morning. I.e., whenever we wake up for our breakfast table, there are new mercies from God already prepared for us for that day. There's grace for that day. He's already prepared the advance for what we need. 2 Corinthians 2, verses 9-10, say this, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. How awesome is that? No eyes seen, no ears heard, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. That's you, and that's me. And he's talking about a quote from the Old Testament where they couldn't see all that God had. But then we come into the New Testament. God says, but he's revealed them by his spirit. And my prayer in a moment or two is that God's spirit just reveals to you the things that he's prepared for you. God is a God of preparation. Embrace the promise of preparation. God has prepared good things for you. God is prepared for things that your mind can't even imagine. God was a God of future preparation. He's preparing a place in heaven. And when it's ready, he'll come and take us there. But in the meantime, embrace the promise of his prepared good things, his mercies, his feasts, his good works, all that he's got for us. And let's be confident the same God who was faithful through his past prepared promises is going to be faithful to the current preparation that is made for us. Let's pray for a moment or two. And I'm just believing that where you are, that the Spirit of God, I'm going to read it again. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. And my prayer is that we embrace the promise of preparation, of God's preparedness. He's already got them all in hand. He's not making them up. But I'm believing that the Spirit of God will reveal to you right now the things that God's prepared for you. For some, it's steps you need to take into new dimensions, new relationships, new ministries, new areas. It's some, it's just the prepared peace that you need in your life. The prepared promise provision, wherever it is, there's a feast, there's a table that God has prepared. Father God, I pray right now for everyone who's listening to my voice, that your spirit will reveal to them all the things that you have prepared for them. And I pray, Father Lord, that not only will you reveal what you've prepared, 
you'll help us to step in and take hold, to embrace not just the promise of what you've prepared, but the actuality of what you've prepared, the realities of what you've prepared for us, that we'll grab hold, that we'll come to that table where there's a feast ready. And today, we just embrace your promise of preparedness, of preparation, and we take hold of that which we need that you've already prepared in advance for us. And Father God, help us to walk in your prepared plans for us. Help us to fulfill what you've prepared for us. And Father, I thank you for the days to come when that place is ready that you're preparing, that we can come and embrace you in a fuller measure. But up until that point, we embrace your promise and we walk in them. And Father, I pray that as we go in this week, wherever we go and whoever we meet and whoever we come into contact with them, that we'll share about the gracious, wonderful, prepared promises of God for us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week.